we've all been mesmerized by what everybody else gets mesmerized about. And there's a lot of things that we post on our, our Facebook, and I'm not going to get into Facebook deal, but anything we begin to post about us, that it just, there's some things that should be past us. And selfie sticks to me is something that we should probably get past. I don't know. I don't do selfies. I don't like pictures, period. But we live in a, sel- a selfie-soaked world. How many, of you, uh, how many of you men like to do selfies? I'm going to ask the women the same thing, but I don't want you to raise your hand because I know a lot of you do it. Now, as you're going to hell because you do a selfie, no, but there is a mentality that has taken place in America. Now, who is in your selfie, and why do you take selfies? What kind of pics do we see as selfies? Puckered up lips, revealing clothing, a smile, a new outfit. America has an admiration of myself, and everyone else should know about me. And you may not think of it that way. Well, you may think, well, I would never do it because of me. Friend, if you are doing it, it's because of you. Anything we do in life that is all about drawing attention to us is wrong. It just is. Because when we start drawing everything, I'm going to tell you, especially in ministry, because ministry is never about you in the first place. It never has been. It should never be. It should always be about who we're here to serve. It's always about Jesus. If you looked when you came in, Jesus is the reason for every season. Not just this one, but for every season. So I'm going to go on a little farther. Technology. Nothing any more obnoxious than someone who cannot sit down, who cannot sit down their phone or their tablet or their iPad and take time to recognize those around them. How many of us have been completely ignored because somebody around us is so enamored with their phone or with their iPad or their, or their tablet? And don't start looking around because every one of us have been guilty. And I'm not doing this to condemn, but I want to bring something to your attention about being self-centered. There is nothing wrong with looking good and putting lipstick on. And if you're a woman, let me say that again. If you're a woman, there's nothing wrong with wearing perfume. I'd rather you smell good than you stink. You know, it doesn't matter. I like for you to brush your teeth. That's a good thing. You know, there's nothing wrong with taking care of ourselves. But there is something that has so crept into our normal life that it is ruining us. How many parents sit with their phone in their hand and then their face and they start complaining because their kids are saying, Mom, 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 Dad, 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 leave me alone, I'm reading something. Why? There are so many things that we are enamored with as adults. That I understand if you're 13, but really, when you're 33, you should be getting past some of these selfie mentalities. Because when we live in a world that's all about selfie, that's exactly how you treat everybody else. And if somebody doesn't treat you right, then you're highly offended because they didn't treat you in your selfie mode. Yeah, this is real popular, isn't it? How many of you have a selfie stick? There's nothing wrong with having a selfie stick, but there's something wrong with the mentality that we all get drug into. They sit with their phone in their hand or in their face, and they complain with their kids because their kids keep interrupting them. And the spouse sits on the other side of the room or in the same closet or same couch or the same bed at night or whatever, and one spouse sits there on their phone and the other one's totally ignored because of Facebook, Google, Snapchat, and Twitter page. Now, I'm not saying this to be ugly, but I'm telling you this because it's the truth. And when we begin to drop the priority on people we should be valuing, we're only valuing one person, and that's us. And you may think, what does that have to do with this time of the year? It has everything to do with this time of the year. I want you to go to the book of Luke in chapter 2. Things can be, uh, these things are reality, but maturity has to be present in this day and age. 
Because if you handle these things immaturely, they're going to dominate your life and they're going to cause lots of issues and possibly some issues that shouldn't be there. Uh, in the book of Luke in chapter 2, as soon as I get there, I want to read something to you that has anything to do but anything about being a selfie. Chapter 2 and verse 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee and out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with his wife, with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. If there was enough room, and I could have done this, and if I'd planned early enough, earlier in the week, I could have. I could have brought you in a manger. I have several mangers I've bought over the years. I've got several that Layton's cows are fed in. I think I've got two or three over there, and I've got a couple uh, or another one there at the house with my cows. And, and a manger is something that is, that is riddled with saliva and some of the leftover feed that the animals have had. You may think, well, that's not a real manger. It is today. Now, if I had hay to scatter in it, it'd be the same principle. But when we think about selfless living, Jesus was the epitome of living selfless. Everything about him was putting everything else on hold just to come and accommodate us, to make a difference with us. And why is it that our, our walk with the Lord has been such an inconvenience? Our walk with the Lord has been something we've let everything else come in and contaminate it. We've allowed everything else to take priority over our relationship between us and Him. Because we're so consumed with self. We're so consumed with what we have and what we do and where we go and how we're viewed and what everybody else thinks. And really, if that is where you're at, then you are a miserable person. Because every other day there's something else triggering something for you to think you have to accommodate yourself again. Almost done. Seriously. John chapter 3. The book of John chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse 27. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear with me, bear with me witness. That I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. And he that, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly, because the bridegroom's voice, and my joy therefore is fulfilled. And listen to what he says in verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. And when I think about Christ, and I think about talking to people about Jesus and, and how important he is. How many things do we get so sidetracked with? How many things come into our lives that so get us upside down in things that shouldn't be because our focus is so much on us that it's never out here? Jesus' whole purpose was never internal. It was always external. And when he began to promote things that way in other people, even John the Baptist got it. He must increase. I must decrease. John was excited to promote who Christ was. He wasn't worried about his popularity. He wasn't worried about anything else. He was worried about who he was supposed to be. And why is this such a struggle? Because it simply is. Stop selling ourselves based on what everybody else thinks. We should start basing ourselves on what he thinks. Um, I'm going to wrap this up and close. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come back up here in just about five minutes.
But in the book of Matthew, in chapter 23, another passage that's extremely critical in the selfie mode. Now, if I've offended you about you taking selfies, you can take all the selfies you want. I don't care. You're not gonna, I'm not going to see you on Facebook anyway, so it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. You can post them on your Instagram. You can post them on your Snapchat, on your Twitter. Uh, I'm really not sure what all those things do, but I know there's something to do with social media, and there's nothing wrong with that. But my point is this. How focused are we on myself that we can't focus anywhere else? Yeah, it's amazing how it corrupts and, and it steals blessings and it steals things from us. In Matthew chapter 23, in verse 11, talks about serving. Verse 11 says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall be humble, he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. There's a principle here that Jesus would teach, and you can read the earlier part in the chapter, the first few verses of chapter 23, and it all had to do with the mentality that it's not about being the greatest. It's about learning to serve. You may look at your family, you may look at your brother or your sister or maybe a neighbor, maybe your spouse, and you may think, well, I do more than you do, and it's become something that shouldn't be there because we've so focused on our performance that we fail to see the value of anybody else. Well, so far I've talked to you about a variety of things, selfies, enamored with self, want everybody else to be enamored with us, and, and I'm not saying we need to be boring, I think we had, need to enjoy the life that God's given us, it's a precious gift, but Wednesday night I shared a message and I felt like it was something the Lord really birthed in my heart to share, and I wanted to incorporate a little bit more of it, but, but I didn't this morning, but I want to go to the book of Luke, and I want to touch on something here about this season, in the book of Luke in chapter uh, chapter 7. When we think of Christmas, we think of gifts and Santa Claus and, and snow and reindeer and Frosty and Rudolph. And anybody watch Rudolph last night? Anybody watch it? Yeah, we recorded it. And, you know, is there anything wrong with enjoying those things or season? Not at all. But sometimes we miss one of the most important things about being a believer. And being a believer is about giving. It's about giving. We may not understand why some people give the way they give and how much they give and the ways they give. But there's something about it that has great value in Scripture. In chapter 7 of Luke and verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she, saw, when she knew that Jesus was at meat at the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and to wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. And when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. Verse 40 is something I keyed on Wednesday night. Jesus was a prophet, and Jesus did know what she was thinking, and he did know what kind of woman she was, but he also knew what kind of Pharisee he was. Verse 40 says this, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Master, say on. Sometimes some, one of the hardest things for us to digest is a truth that we need to think about in our life. They're not always pleasant. They're not always easy. But nevertheless, they're the truth. And he began to address him. And, and he began to say some things to him. Look in verse uh, 41. I'm sorry. 
Yes, verse 41. I'm going to jump down to verse 44. And he turned unto the woman, and he said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into your house, and you gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins, though they were many, are forgiven, for she loveth much. But when little is forgiven, the same loveth little. There was something that she gave. Many sins, many failures, lots of remorse. Why the tears? Because she valued something in Jesus. And you know what? Sometimes we don't value him the way we should. We take him for granted and we think it's just a season and it's just kind of where we are. But friend, you and I are just like the lady who was a sinner woman. She had a past. She had a reputation. She had things that she had fallen short in. And so she so valued Christ, she gave of everything she had. She humbled herself and washed his feet. John chapter 12. We have a very similar situation that happens again. John chapter 12 and verse 3. And then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Why did she do this? Why did she break something that was so expensive and anoint Jesus with it? It's because she found value in somebody else other than just herself. This is the same Jesus that her and her sister had fixed supper for before. This is the same Jesus who had been through the house multiple times. This is the one that healed and raised her brother up back to life. Are you with me? It's giving. It's not always receiving. It's giving. And it's giving more than just a packaged gift. It's giving more than just something that's wrapped up. It's giving more than just what? Maybe what you've always done. Both recognize giving is how we impact our generation. Not by being served or being recognized, but by giving. The most disappointed believer is the selfie believer because everything still remains about them. We are the most spoiled nation on the planet. I don't know if you watched the selfie stick sales, but they showed off when it first came out in 2000, whatever it was, 14 or 11, whatever it was. America was 2% the first couple months. But added to the fourth, fifth, and sixth month, by the sixth month, America was in the top 98% of all the selfie sticks made were coming here. Why? We have the money, yeah. We all have cell phones, yes. But we're truly enamored with self. Now, I'm going to go back. There's nothing wrong with looking good. Man, I want my wife to look good. I like the way my wife takes care of herself. I like the way that your family takes care of yourself. Those are all important things. But don't forget to give. Don't forget to stop just dwelling in one place and learn to dwell outside. We're going to show a video. It's five minutes long, and I've seen it before. I don't think I've ever shown it, but I've seen it before. And a lot of people don't understand Jesus. They don't. They come from environments or families that Jesus is a, is a foreign word other than a curse word or whatever you may think. But when they encounter him, it's amazing that Jesus is still giving today. And he's still making a difference today, if you would.